Hello and welcome to It's More Than Just A Game podcast with me, Jack Dobson. It's just me this week with former striker Malcolm Christie. We chatted about his highs and lows, his time at Middlesbrough and what's to come from you in the future. Hope we all enjoy. Hello, this is Malcolm Christie and you're listening to It's More Than Just A Game podcast. First of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I'm very well, living the dream again. It's been a tough year or so for a lot of people, hasn't it? So how have you coped? Um, yeah, I suppose I've, I've coped the best as, as I can, really. I mean, I left I left my um, my previous industry and occupation in um, in late 2019. So the plan for the coaching was to to start that up in the in the coming months after I left the motor industry. And obviously, yeah. you know, for many people, including myself, that that put a lot of stuff on hold, which was difficult, wasn't easy. Um, but it, I suppose it gave me the time to assess what I was going to be doing and and sort of focus all my energies on when you know the the lockdowns and things were lifted that I was sort of geared up and ready to go really yeah definitely definitely right we'll jump straight in with your uh, football started your youth football quite locally our area wasn't it with Northborough and Deeping mm-hmm. yeah so so I was looking for a club I mean I'm, I'm from a from a small town in Lincolnshire called Stamford yeah. um, I mean you know Stamford's probably famous for being one of the nicest places to live in all fairness whenever the sunday times do a a poll on the nicest places to live in england it, it, it comes up it comes up right near the top i mean when you when you live and grow up there you don't sort of appreciate it you know looking back it was a lovely place to grow up um but one thing that it didn't have it didn't have any form of football structure um yeah. youth football so um i just played football at primary school secondary school um, but i got to the age where sort of i was i was sort of 12 12 coming to 13 and and I was kind of ready to to sort of sort of play for a team but you know there was there was just nothing locally I mean my mum um just basically opened a newspaper and saw an advert in there that Northborough FC were looking for players at under 13's level so it was almost like we stumbled on it um I love the competitiveness of of it um I started off being a striker from a very early age and and continued through youth levels and, and up to obviously senior and professional levels being a striker. So that was kind of the only position I, I knew. So, so yeah, so getting in into Northborough, but I was only there a season. Um, I sort of flourished really, and we did really well as a club. Uh, but deep in, a deep in non-league? Deep in Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, deep in Rangers was the best move I, I made really, uh, <laughs> or one of the best moves I made really in my football career, because deep in Rangers was a, was a, was a hugely established club from youth level up to, up to senior um, and first team level. So uh, no matter what what age group, there was a team for it. So, you know, I, I joined Deep and Rangers at under 14 level. So the season after, and I just worked my way up from 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s, 18s. And we had a core of players which just stayed together throughout that period. So yeah. we got we got to a position where we were winning things. We were getting to cup finals, county cup finals, um, and we did really, really well. We had a, we had a, a great set of lads. We had a manager called Brom Clark who, who helped me massively throughout my career. Um, it just got me to the stage when I was at under 18 level where there was there was four senior teams. So the um, sort of adult team that I went in there, I, you know, I sort of held my own really. Um, I think that was quite a lot to do with my pace. I think that helped me at youth level and, and coming up through the ranks because, you know, you know if you're quick, you know, you can, as a yeah. striker, you know, you, there wasn't meant, you know, certainly in youth football, there wasn't that many tactics. It, all it used to do, they used to get the ball and knock it over the top to me and I should run onto it, take it round the goalie and knock it <laughs> the goal. What You know, I mean, it was just, that's what we did and that's how we played. So, 
Um, it was very similar when we got up to adult level, in all fairness, because I, I was pretty quick. I was I was ending up playing off people. So, um, you know, we had a, like a, you know, I was the quick guy and they normally had like a bigger man up there who they'd knock the ball up to. And it was quite physical yeah. as you got up to the adult game. So physicality, really, for me, when I was getting into sort of men's football, it wasn't for me. Um, I sort of like to play off somebody. So someone would take the knocks and the bumps and the laying off. <laughs> and I would just run off the back of him, in all fairness, and get slotted in and, and again, I, you know, I was pretty successful, really, at, at that youth team and, and getting into the first team at Deeping Rangers and um, and scoring. You know, I was I was scoring on average twenty to twenty five goals a season. Then, you know, but at that stage, it was just it was you know the the, the dream of becoming a professional footballer. I mean, they were in the United Counties League, you know, which is yeah, well, so far down the football pyramid that you know it's just it's just a you know you're looking up at the pyramid, but you're at the bottom, aren't you? It's like how on earth do you get to the to get to, to to the top, you know? So, but I was just committed with my football more than anything. I think lads fell by the wayside with you know social stuff that they were doing, yeah, going out drinking and stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely, and you know, I played with with lads at, at you know at youth team level where you know they were they were they were probably better than me, but um, you know, and then you get up and you think, well, where did they go? Where you know, yeah. why didn't they make the grade and things? And I think. I think it is to do with your determination, hard work, but it also, you know, I don't mind admitting this, also a little bit of luck. You know, you've got to be in the right place at the right time with a yeah. person coming to watch you. Um, I think which happened to me at uh, at Deepin Rangers. So I was I was doing well for Deepin and and things, and then I, I just heard that there was some scouts coming to watch. Um, you know, when that happened, you know, it sort of it brought my game onto a different level, really, because you know I was like, wow, you know, people are coming. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And there was a local scout from from um, from Peterborough, um, not Peterborough United, um, which was my local club. Which, in all fairness, um, I should have really joined, but yeah. there was no real interest from them. So um, this this scout was a scout for Nuneaton Borough. Um, the, the scout had just taken another player from the local area um, at, to Nuneaton, so he had a connection with them. Um, I'd heard of Nuneaton because. Um, I think they played in the FA Cup or something. You know, I'd, I'd heard yeah. on the TV or in the press. Or I don't, you know, it wasn't... I'm sure Borough, all Borough fans will know Nuneaton as well after that one all trial that we had with them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, later on in my, my career, you know, that it was strange how that, that sort of came together. But, but you know, I, I sort of joined, well, or went along to trials at Nuneaton Borough and, and it was just a, such a massive step up. I mean, I was used to playing at Deepin Rangers with, you know, they had a stand there, but it was, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was like a, a stand that they got fun built and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you used to walk out the side of it to get to the pitch and things. And there was, yeah, one or two people watching. But, you know, it was a, it was at a lower level, you know. So, you know, doing that and then suddenly going from that to, to going to Manor Park, which was Neaton Borough's home, home ground. And then there's, there's stands, you know, at one end at the side, you know, sort of shed ends and things like that. And they had, you know, anywhere between, depending on, you know, the, 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 you know, the the attendance anywhere between one to three and a half thousand fans when we were doing yeah. really well it's such a massive step up I mean scoring goals and having a crowd cheer I mean like it, it's it's weird you know in celebrating <laughs> goals you know you don't really, you celebrated goals you know when you're at youth level in a deeping but not to the extent where you're celebrating in front of fans. <laughs> you know it's just but but that was the next stage and it was just it was just soaking that in at that level um, because that was I mean that was um, the Doc Martin's premiere, so that was underneath the the, the old uh, conference. So, so yeah. two stages really off league football. So it was a good standard. I was playing with good players, 
Brendan Phillips, who was the manager, was was brilliant with me. He he saw a bit of a rough diamond. He wanted to to sort of help me along the way. Obviously, he it was in the club's best interest as well to do that. Um, but but I mean, I was at this stage like nineteen years old. You know, I, I was yeah. I was not a, a 14, 15, 16 year old kid who was who had the aspirations. I was like I'd been to school, I'd gone to college, I'd done a year at A levels, I'd done two years at at college doing a diploma in business. I had yeah. a part-time job at the supermarket. Nowadays, people, the players are just coming in early 16-year-olds and just having full careers from there, aren't they, really? Well, well they are. They are. And, I mean, as, as young as... I mean, I mean I'm mean, i obviously sort of indirectly involved in youth football at the minute with my coaching. You know, you, you go along. I went to Middlesbrough Sports Village on Saturday. I mean, I mean, the place is packed. I mean, you, you know, from kids to... From sort of under sixes going up... If you say to somebody nowadays, somebody didn't start football until they were in a team until they were thirteen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially until they were nineteen. You know it, that that that's just like not heard of really in in football. So my, I think my story, um, you know, is is a little bit unique with that. Uh, I mean, the I mean when I, when I sort of touch on that, I'm in the process of writing an autobiography as well. So, you know, I, I want I want sort of people to to sort of. You know, it's all well and good when people pick up a newspaper and go, oh, Malcolm Christie went from a supermarket to, to play yeah. the Premier League, you know, which I which I did. They were two parts of the story. But interlocking within that, there was so much more, you know, so, you know, from me, you know, becoming a footballer and not thinking it was a it was ever going to happen. It was such a, a distant memory and a, such a distant dream to it suddenly happening, but so quickly as well, because I was only at the Neaton Borough for, for sort of sort of six or seven months, you know, I joined towards the end of the season, played three or four games, scored a few goals, started off the next season um, on fire, really. I mean, like I said we had a great team. Um, we won. I mean, we were at the top of the league when I when I left. I think we played the the first twelve league games. Um, I think I scored ten in the first twelve league games. So, you know, that that sort of you know, for the interest, the, the small interest that I had at Deep in Rangers, all, all of a sudden that interest was was multiplied like tenfold because I was doing it at a good level um, and scoring goals regularly. And it was a nice location as well. So Nuneaton's very, very central. So it's very central, you know, very near to Coventry. So there was yeah. Birmingham, um, you know, the East Midlands clubs, Nottingham, Derby. So it was it was great for any scout or anything like that to come and watch me. And that, you'd say that we when Derby Derby were the one who came and took a chance on you. Really, was there interest from other clubs and why that why Derby if there was? There, there was interest from other clubs. I mean, the first bit of interest I had was it was from Bristol City. But I remember looking at the map and I thinking, well, Nuneaton, Nuneaton for me. I mean, I was quite home bird at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was living at home. You know, I knew nothing else other than that. You know, I, I had a part-time job, so it wasn't like I got a full-time job where I was going to move out or anything like that. I was a single lad at the time. So, um, you know, and I looked at the map and I saw Bristol. I thought, oh, my God, Bristol. Have you seen how far <laughs> away it is? Like, so straight away, I was like, oh, I was a bit apprehensive. But it was, and it wasn't, you know, it, yes, it was going into the professional game. But when I was hearing, um, like from Brendan, uh, the manager, that Manchester United, Tottenham, Arsenal... Um, Leicester, Derby were all coming to watch me. I was like, you know, I was a little bit seduced in the fact that, oh my God, like, you know, the dream's here. So then when that sort of Bristol City come along, I, I, I suppose mentally it was fantastic and flattering to have a professional team sort of coming after me. Yeah. So Brendan was like, I think we can do better than this. I think we can we can get you into a into a sort of a, of a higher team. 
So I went along to Leicester City, trained with them for the week, did really well, played a reserve game, scored. Um, and I thought that that was it. I thought, I can't do any more. You know, I don't think, you know, um, for a trial, you know, they don't have you for like two month trial. You know, they get you in, they have a look at you, you play a game. Um, and, and I thought that, that was it. I, I went to see Martin O'Neill after the match and he said, right, brilliant. We'd like to invite you back for, for another trial. And I like, I thought as, as high and as, and as sort of buzzed as it was after the game, thinking that, my God, this is it. This, this I've done it. Like, you know, yeah. you get your, your dress rehearsal as such, you do really well. And then I remember him speaking to me and I just felt so deflated. I was thinking, what, I've got to do that all over again, <laughs> which was fine. I would have done it. But like, I just felt to myself, well, you know, like, come on. You know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't be a lot of money to buy. You know, I, yeah. I went to Derby. I was like £50,000. I mean, to, to Premier League teams was nothing. It was a drop. Yeah, in. So that's quite a lot of money for the non-league teams or for the likes and the neat. And Brendan at this stage was thinking, right, OK, you know, £50,000 or whatever, fifty five, what I eventually went for, was, was a hell of a lot of money. So Brendan was prepared to put the hard work in for me to try and find me the right club. So he had his links in with Leicester. So he knew one of the, the coaches at Leicester. So that got me the look in there. And then Steve Round, who obviously is still in football now, yeah. with Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. And Steve was a massive part of my career. Um, Steve Round played some games for Brendan uh, at Nuneaton Borough. Um, a few years previous so so Brendan knew Steve Steve knew Brendan and there was there was obviously a bit of a link in there so then um, I got invited literally a few days after the Leicester City experience where I was feeling a bit flat and deflated to go and play for Derby County in a reserve game at uh, Boston United so I went along there um, my dad took me we played in a game um, I didn't play very well I, I I you know I I ran about a bit I got on the end of stuff but you know, it was it was it was chalk and cheese from my Leicester performance to my Derby performance. In all fairness, so um, you know, straight away after that game, I was really deflated. I was thinking, "Oh, this ain't gonna happen." And then, yeah. you know, sh shook hands with the Derby contingent there and said, "Oh, you know," and just sort of left. And like, I thought, expecting well, not to hear anything yeah, back, really. Exactly, expected nothing, nothing to hear hear from that. And then, and then the next day, Brendan rang me and said, uh, "Right, son, uh, we've agreed a fee with Derby. You can go there, and you're going to sign for them." And I was like, oh, my God. Like, Brendan, you know, was, was in it for me. Yes, he was in it for himself, of course, because he wanted he wanted to, 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 to do right for the club as well. But he cared about me as well. So, um, you know, that's what was important. And, 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 and that's what it is. I mean, he, 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 he sort of brokered my deal as such to, to, to Derby County. And, um, you know, I shook his hand, thanked everybody um, for, a, for, a, for a lovely... Because it was, it was great. I, I, I had a massive you know, admiration for Nuneaton Borough, you know, they did everything for me. Um, you know, like I say, it was, it was funny, as you touched on there, that, that a number of years later, you know, we, you know, Middlesbrough end up drawing them in the FA Cup. You know, I was just, yeah, was just so close to being fit there as well. I was, <laughs> I was probably a month away from, from fitness. I went along. Yeah. You were invited by them. Weren't yeah. You? I went along. I did the warm up. in all fairness. I did the warm up before the game and, and, and things. And, and I managed to to sort of, you know, just before the match, you know, after I'd done the warm up, go up to the Nuneaton fans and just give them a clap and things like that. And, you know, that was nice because, you know, you know, for, for Nuneaton, that was such a special, special day. You know, they got a magnificent result out of it. You know, they ended up yeah. going 
Riverside, you know, the, the Riverside return result wasn't great, but they got a fair few fans down with them as well. Matt, it was mad, wasn't it? It was like the, the whole behind the you know, you used to get that in the cup games, didn't you? You know, the whole stand behind the goal was yeah. like the neat and And I remember just it was such a special, special day for them, for them fans. And, you know, they, 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 they did so well in them two games. And, and uh, it was just brought back, obviously, you know, fond memories really of, of, uh, of a time which by that stage, was a distant memory, so I was at a different, different place, being a, a sort of a senior, experienced pro. So, but to see the club, you know, it, you know, Nuneaton Borough in that sort of light was, was yeah. Massive. Going back to Derby, um, Jim Smith was the one who brought you in, wasn't it? Yeah, Jim. Jim signed me, so I, I, I didn't meet Jim on that trial game that I had for, for Derby County. I met him at the, the Pride Park Stadium when I signed my contract. So he was quite an intimidating character. I mean, yeah, he's a big character. I was thinking going yeah. from going from them non-league. Dressing room straight into yeah. the Jim Smith dressing room with all the professionals at Derby must have been a bit intimidating, really. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I mean, meeting Jim, he's he's, he's larger than life character. Um, takes no nonsense. Um, you know, calls a spade a spade, and you know, and and in all fairness, the way that I used to, um, you know, operate that's that's exactly what I needed out of a manager. You know, I needed to know what was expected of me, what he wanted out of me. And I would make sure that I performed to that level. Um, but you're right, going from training once a week, um, you know, playing once a week or twice a week occasionally, then all of a sudden going into a changing room, which is an experienced Premier League changing room, training every day yeah. with these players that I've only just seen on TV, you know, playing in matches was 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 daunting. And to be honest, I don't, you know, when I when I look back and reflect back, I don't know whether I ever like got over that feeling of 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 me sort of positioning myself in a box of feeling a little bit overwhelmed with it all. Yeah. What I mean by that is when when you go in there, you sort of feel like you're not belonging. Um, because because people didn't know me from Adam, you know, like there must have been thinking, who's this kid? Like yeah. You know, the story was, you know, as soon as I signed there, you could come from a supermarket and that he was they must have been thinking like you know what? Why have we signed this kid? You know, and it and it and that, to be honest, that was a bit daunting for me. And like, you know, I've not gone in there full of confidence, really. That yes, you know, I've yes, you know, they've signed me for this big amount of money, and you know, everybody knows me, and I can just, you know, I, I went in there sort of, you know, it was a bit, it was a bit daunting in all fairness. And but but you know, you know, taking that on board as well, the lads, the lads were great with me. There was a good group of of young kids. You know, I didn't go into Derby and, and was thrust into the first team immediately. Um, I mean, in all fairness, I found myself on the bench um, at Anfield um, about a couple of months after I signed. There was an injury crisis and uh, some of the reserve lads were called up. And I remember just being around the first team and sitting on the bench. I didn't actually get on, but I was substitute against Liverpool. Yeah. I was like, oh, my, this is like... Think you were going to get a nod? Like, it was just like warming up, um, you know, people people just not really knowing who you were in all fairness and yeah. the, the you know the, the rest of the, the lads and people we've got a great result there as well we ended up drawing 1-1 with Liverpool um, and I, I had a little bit of a flavour and a taste for the first team so so all I, all I did is I just worked as hard as I could I was going to improve dramatically early on because suddenly I was training every day to, yeah. um, you know from a, opposed to training once a week so you know, my my fitness was was improving every session, every day, every week. My, my speed, my touch, the quality of players you're playing against as well in trainings. Your level that you go in there at, you may be a bit raw and you know a bit rough, but 
you know, very soon you end up, you know, bringing your level up to, to the players that are playing around you. Um, and, I, you know, I got in the reserve team, scored goals and just, and just you know, just kept myself, you know, in the frame. If any, you know, potential there of, of getting in the team um, was there. I mean, I made my debut the season after, um, again, being around the team, sub a few appearances. I'm just dying to get on. I, I remember yeah. it was one of the dreams as a kid was just, you know, being a professional footballer, but was just to play in the Premier League. You know, could I could I play in the Premier League? And like, I was substitute a few times, but not got on. And I thought, you know, is this is this ever going to happen for me? And and yeah. it, the first time I came on the pitch, um, I came on for the second half against Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Um, and I just remember thinking, as soon as I walked on that pitch, I said, I've done it. You know, there was just that box ticked in mentally in my mind that I've, I've done it. I'm, I've played in the Premier League. That's no one can take that away from you, really, can they? So exactly. So I just thought, you know, we ended up winning one nil uh, that day. I, I ended up getting involved. Uh, Pavel Cernicek was a goalie for for uh, Sheffield Wednesday and got sent off. I got played through and I knocked it past him. He come out and and sort of took me out and got the goalie. So you know, I, I had a little bit of involvement. Yeah. Nice as well. Um, and I just, I did, and from there, I just waited patiently, really, until, um, you know, again, I tried to do my things in the reserves. I tried to impress during training. And you're just there on the periphery of, of, of the first team and just waiting for that opportunity for someone, you know, obviously someone, I mean, Jim, to say, yeah, yeah let's let's give him an opportunity. And, and yeah. you know, ironically, um, it happens against Middlesbrough. It happens against Middlesbrough. So, you know, you... you, you you just get that nod and and you play in the game and and I just remember thinking it was just my I just wanted to score you know, I just want you know I'd made that appearance so that was that box was ticked now I was making my start so that box was ticked and now for me being a goal scorer you know we weren't doing particularly well at that time and certainly the away performances you know we struggled massively away from home so I don't think anybody anybody in football would have predicted us us going there. I know Middlesbrough were in it, having a tough time as well. Yeah. I understand that. You know, the fans were getting on the, the back of the manager and things. And But to go there, like, and obviously for myself, the team, because it was a massive team performance as well, to go there, win 4-1. Was it two that you scored that day? Yeah, I scored two. That So I scored pretty early on. I think I scored in the first 10, 15 minutes. So that straight away settled me right down. And I just remember thinking... Um, you know, the players that Middlesbrough had in the defence, I just remember thinking, I'm quicker than you. You know, I'm, I, yeah. again, when I sort of think of, of using my pace and things like that, I thought, this is what, I'm, I'm quicker. So I like, you know, you know, the ball can get played through to me and I know I'll get on the end of it and things like that. I mean, my first goal, you know, was a header. So, you know, from a, from a corner, I didn't score many goals in my career, but, you know, they didn't pick me up. I don't know whether they didn't know about me. You know, who's this kid? You know, playing. I don't think anyone would have probably heard of me. So no one picked me up from a corner. He got flicked on. I just nodded it in past Schwarzer. Um, so that settled me right down. Got me, got me feet um, firmly planted on the floor. And we just, we just dug in. And you know, Mark Schwarzer made a bit of a mistake. Ended up kicking the ball when I chased down um, uh, a long through ball. And I just did a little bit of skill, knocked it past him, and knocked it in the net. And you think, wow, you know, two goals in the Premier League. Thinking straight away, I'm on for a hat trick here, like, and you know, it, I didn't score a hat trick, but I mean, you come off the pitch there. I came off. I think the legs were getting a bit tired. I cramped up towards uh, the back end of the game, but you come off the pitch with such a, you know, I think we're three one up at the time when I came off. We scored another one late on to to sort of put the 
the the cherry on the icing of yeah. it. And it was just that was it. It was just from from there on in, it it was the chance I waited for. Um, and you know, I was I was just on the upward curve then at Derby because fans had saw what I was capable of doing. You know, did you stay in the team for the rest of that season, or was it in and out, in and out? Uh, I was. He left me out the next game, which I was gutted about because I just was like such on a high and we were playing Coventry at home. He left me out. I know why he did it because he just wanted to put my feet back on the ground. He didn't yeah. get carried away. But but for the team performance, I, I would, I'd imagine the rest of the team thought I should have been playing. I thought I should have been playing. But but I was a, a still, still in that respect, a young, raw, naive kid. So I wasn't going to bang on the door of the manager and go, you should be playing me. I just trusted him. Um, I scored a few goals. Yeah, I got in the team towards the end of that season and, and scored a few goals and um, and sort of just was trying to just establish myself as a first team player and getting that confidence of, you know, yeah, I, I belong here um, and, you know, give me the opportunity, get me in the team and I'll, and I'll, and I'll score goals. So, um, and that's really what sort of happened the next season. I ended up getting in the team and, um, and becoming a regular uh, which was which was fantastic. Uh, the problem with Derby, I didn't really manage to to forge a, a partnership with any any other striker. Yeah, you know we we had we had guys there that the you know we had Dean Sturridge, Dion Burton, Mikel Beck was there for a, for a period. Um, Ravanelli came later on. Crazy. Franco. What was, it, what was it like being around Ravanelli? It, well, it was. Uh, Again, you know, he was he was a big name player when I was growing up. So, you know, as I've alluded to there, I, I was a big, I, I was a huge football fan. You know, not just I know everyone says that, but I was. I was like I, my, my bedroom wall were covered in posters. Yeah. I, I followed, I did, you know, I followed Manchester United, but I, I sort of followed, you know, all football. And like Ravinelli, like before I was even a pro- professional footballer, was scoring goals in Champions League final. Yeah, so, at the very top. You know, I remember him fondly from his season at Middlesbrough, obviously, as well as as as, as, as you you guys, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so to to play with Rav was just, you know, a dream come true. Uh, you know, I, I think I would have when I when I think of two of the big players that I played with, like Ravanelli and King Kladzi, um at Derby. You know, I just wish maybe I'd have been able to play with them when they were in their prime. Yeah. We've got Manchester United away and Ipswich at home. Now Ipswich were going for Champions League um, uh, positions as well. So <laughs> you, you probably couldn't have picked two worse games. <laughs> However, perversely, the Manchester United game, they'd already won the league. So this was this was trophy collection day. Um, so I remember thinking before we turned up at the game, I just wonder what, what team Alex Ferguson yeah. is going to play. I remember... Hopefully it's weakened. Yeah, exactly. So... They were, they, they, you know, there was there was guys in there that weren't regulars like uh, Ronnie Walwork, Michael Stewart, Luke Chadwick. You know, they, they, you know, and it was weakened. It was definitely weakened. And like I remember thinking straight away, we got a chance here. You know, what I mean, we we have got a chance here. And so I remember just the first five minutes, we had a couple of goes through and things like that, and it just. I felt it. I felt that we could get something from that first five minutes of, of playing in the match. And, and it just worked out that way. You know, it, the, 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 the gods, the, the result was, it was written in the stars for me because that was, that was my dream as a kid to do that. And, and to, to do that and to come off and to have them Derby County fans 
celebrating the way that they did after the game and and all the Manchester United fans stayed obviously in the ground after the after the final whistle so for me to celebrate in front of the Derby County fans after the game and to you know to spend 20 minutes or so you know cheering them and 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 sort of you know having the time with the lads as well on the pitch to then walk off the pitch and get get applauded by five thousand fans which who knew that I was a Manchester United fan as well because I'd done quite a lot of pieces before the the games and stuff that that I was a Man U fan to get applauded off by the Man U fans it was you know that that obviously when I look back was the highlight of my my career yeah it was never gonna unless I was to play for for Manchester United and win trophies and things meant it meant everything and you know going home afterwards and you know, it's one of the first times or one of the only times I've ever seen my dad cry, to be fair. Um, I got home and, and I hugged my dad and my dad, my dad was crying and things. And I remember thinking, wow, like this this means so much to everybody. Yeah. You know, family, friends, um, supporters, the club. Um, you know, it was just, I just wanted us at Derby to kick on the next season. But, you know, the, the money thing or money trouble started to, to to sort of subside. We'd never replaced players that left, and and again we just had another season of struggle, and we ended up getting relegated the yeah. following season. Obviously, the season Derby went down there. Uh, it was the England Under Twenty One Championships that mm. summer as well, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, David Platt took you, which was another frustrating time. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was more than frustrating, really, because I'd I'd played have have heavily part of of getting the. the, the you know, England there, to be fair. I'd scored in, in qualifying games. I'd scored the, one of the deciding goals against Greece to to get us there. So I went to that championships, like after Derby County got uh, relegated, like this was my opportunity um, because I wanted to play in the Premier League. I was happy. I was happy staying at Derby. Yeah. Part of the team that, that got relegated to, to be part of that team that, that got stuck in to get us back up. But that summer, um, Steve Round had obviously left uh, Derby County to join Middlesbrough with Steve Barron. So Steve Round came and saw me after one of the games and said, do you want to come up to the, to, to Rockcliffe Park and have a look around our training ground and have, come and have a chat with us? Obviously, at the time, wasn't allowed because it was like poaching. But, <laughs> but, but like, I was like, in a relegating team, Steve was telling me that, that they wanted to sign me. And I thought to myself, well, I haven't got nothing to lose just going up there. I knew Steve well from Derby. So, you know, I thought, well, I'll just go up there and have a, have a, have a look around. So, so that was going on in my head as well. I'd been up there. I'd seen Steve uh, McLaren. Um, we'd gone and shown the training ground and, and things and, you know, show me around the local area and, and stuff. And I was like, wow, this could possibly be something that, 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 that I'd be interested in doing. So I go along to the European Championships and for whatever reason, I, I was subbing every single game and never, I didn't play, got on. I didn't play a minute of, of the tournament, which, which I couldn't get my head around because um, there, was, there was players who were playing in the league below me who were, were playing ahead of me. So yeah. for whatever reason, David Platt didn't fancy me as a player or whatever reason, even though I'd, I'd, I'd played in qualifying games to get the team there and, and players that are playing ahead of me hadn't even played in the qualifying game. So I was like, 
scratching my head there on the bench thinking, what's going on here? Doubly frustrating as well with tournaments like that. You get some exposure worldwide. Even. Well, you, you do. That, that was my opportunity to, to sort of cement a potential move back into the Premier League. Had I, had I, had I played um, and, and, and gone on to, to, to sort of do what I wanted to do, then, then I would like to think that that move would have been there. But, but obviously, as the story goes, Massimo Macaroni yeah. for Italy sets, you know, has the impact which I probably would have liked as, as an England player. He had that, you know, uh, dramatic um, sort of burst onto the scene sort of look. And, we signed him off the back of it, really, didn't we? And, and Burra signed uh, Massimo and not myself. Was, uh, that, was that that move just dead straight away? After Macaroni, well, well, Middlesbrough, uh, Derby County, sorry, rejected a bid of six million pounds um, from Middlesbrough for myself. Um, Derby County wanted nine million pounds for myself. So I think that I think Middlesbrough were reluctant to go to that sort of level with it being at that time record signing and things like that. But yeah. But I think that something could have been sorted and something that could have been negotiated to, to sort of see me me go along there um, for for a big fee. But but it became apparent that that obviously there was interest from Middlesbrough as well after that tournament with with Massimo. So you know that that the money that that they were offering for me, I think they they thought well we'll offer it for Massimo, and obviously yeah. that got accepted. And and like straight away, I was like. Wow. Okay. Like the move that was there suddenly wasn't there. So, was there anything else on the cards? Uh, no, no. There was there was there was a little bit of interest from West Brom and Bolton, but that sort of came that sort of came on through the first six months of my time in the Championship with Derby County. So, so I think you know me going into the new season with Derby, having a really poor Championships with England, um, having a move sort of fall through you know you can probably where I'm alluding to now is you can sort of see where my head was at a little bit when I started yeah. new season with Derby even though the first game we played was great we get into the um the second uh game we ended up losing and then it was just it was just it was we had a in season overall really yeah. wasn't it nightmare and you know we were I think at one start, I think when I left we were probably sort of four thirteenth or fourteenth in the in the in the table but but Steve came back in for me uh, in the January transfer window, suddenly, I mean, Steve must have been, you know, and all the the people, all the purse strings at Middlesbrough must have been, you know, rubbing their hands together because suddenly this potential eight million pounds that they spent, yeah. they're getting me and Chris for for sort of three million for his boat. So, um, you know that that and that that move materialised. Um, it happened fairly quickly, um, all on pretty much. Leading up to transfer deadline day in in January two thousand and three, so um, the interest was there. I knew that I knew that something was happening. A bid was coming. What I didn't know was Chris was coming with me. Chris was, I think, lined up to uh, to potentially go to to Leeds. Um, he was injured as well at the time, so uh, you know my, my agent was his agent as well. So I think. Be good, good friends. Did it make it a lot easier for you to settle in? Yeah. someone familiar. Of course, it, of course, it made it easier. Yeah, because um, you know, going back into the Premier League, but going into a team, you know, I was used to Derby um, for the sort of the two years before I'd left. I was like one of the bigger names. So for me to go into Middlesbrough, like they had big name players there. Yeah. So 
you know, I was quite content as well going in there, not being a big name. So, but then to have someone, you know, a teammate from your previous club going alongside, of course it, of course it helps, you know, Chris will probably admit that as well. Yeah, it was, it was a lot easier and it, 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 you know, a lot more relaxed. We spent a lot of time together, you know, in hotels and things like that. And we got, we got flat close to each other as well. So yeah, so it was, it, 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 it helps of course. Um, you know, so it was, a, and it was a massive move for us both, you know, going back into the Premier League, being around Rockcliffe Park, which was a state-of-the-art training facility. I mean, we were used to two yeah. sheds at, at Derby County, at the Ram Arena. So it was it was a massive change. The stadium was very similar. So that was like almost like home from home. But you're going into a changing room where you've got, you know, you've got, you know, Janino, Big names. Southgate, Echiog. You've got all these, you know, Swartz, so all these established Premier League players. Um which was which was again a little bit daunting to get into, but but I was there mentally. I was ready for this next stage and next step to get to get up. So um, Steve signed me. Steve's trusted me. Steve McLaren trusted me, um, and uh, you know I know I didn't play in the first game, which was um, Liverpool uh, away. Uh, Chris did. Chris made his debut. Um, I came off the bench. Uh, we drew. We drew one-one, I think, that day. Jeremy scored a yeah, I can remember that, yeah. free kick, and and then he put me in the next game against Sunderland away. So straight away, that what better game to to sort of start your your time with another club? Definitely scoring in front of the travelling fans. Not yeah, many, well, it any better ways to start than that is there against Sunderland? It couldn't have gone any better, really. You know, Chris scored the other two, well, wasn't it? Chris scored two goals. I <laughs> uh, I scored one. We won three-one, and straight away, I mean, you know. I, that was it. It was like this. It felt right. It felt good. It felt settled. Um, we had a good team. Well, we had, a, I suppose, for you Middlesbrough fans, when you look back, it was a great team, wasn't yeah. it? It was, a, it was a great time to be around the club. Um, you know, we did, we did well in the league, um, and you know, we just, for me, just went into that the the next season. I was sort of full of full of hope really I, had to, I played quite a few games towards the back end of that season scored a few goals and was just was just revved up for the start of the season ready to go um and i suppose that's where my story takes the twist doesn't it you know i yeah. i uh i play a few games to the start of that season um although i had a groin operation that summer um the last few games of the season that i signed um i tore my groin no, no one really knew i, I played with with a lot of pain really yeah. the last few games um and i had to have a groin operation down in london so i wasn't 100 percent fit for the start of that next season so i think i was playing a little bit of catch up and i'd say by the time i'd i'd got myself into the team um and was sort of there or thereabouts for me fitness i broke my leg so and and the the, the breaking of the leg was the start of the end for me yeah. which, which is sad to say really um, because I'd been a regular and I'd, I'd not had an injury really for the previous um, four to five years to, 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 to have that injury, which wasn't really, it was a serious injury. Don't get me wrong. I mean, breaking your leg is not a, you know, but it was a, it was an injury really. I should have came back within four to five months, but on and off kept me out for like three years. Yeah. That, se uh, the, that season you did score in the one nil win over Brighton, mm. that, that Carlin Cup run. Yeah. And that, and that's what the Middlesbrough fans probably will meant yeah. will fondly fondest for, should I say? You know, um, 
you don't realise at the time, do you? You know, you, you're playing a you're playing a, in a low key. Um, it was a second round match. You're playing a low key second round match. Yeah, little did you know it was going to be the not many something like that. Exactly. Do you? You know, after that game, if someone had told me this is going to be the start of something special for the club, then I I, I would have I wouldn't have believed them. But but it was obviously you know it was for me. I came off the bench, so I was just trying to get back, get back myself fit and getting back in the team. And then I think within a few weeks from that, then you know I was I was obviously laid up with a broken leg. So. Yeah. Um, it was it was a great you know that time that period you know when I look back the two clubs that I played for I suppose fans of the modern era for modern era for the two clubs that I played for if you ask Derby County fans what's the best time in the modern era that you remember they'll probably say the Jim Smith years the Premier League years and same for Middlesbrough fans they'll say what's what what time you know if you could go back to a time or a team or a club at a particular period of, of, of a season, you'd probably, for a Middlesbrough fan, you'd probably go back to them seasons, you know, where the Carling Cup, UEFA Cup, of course you would, because it was like, it was dreamland, wasn't it? So, you know... Having, to, having to watch every round from the stands, well, how difficult was that? Well, well of course it was difficult. Like, I, I it was mentally, every match that I would watch, and it wasn't just matches, it was going along to training. Yeah. You, Go every single. I would say mentally, just every single time I did something like that, it just took a little bit out of me. You know, going along and and you know going into the physio room, um, having to answer the same questions: How are you? How's your leg? How's your foot? How's this? How's that? You know, having to answer that a million times every day. Repeat on your car again. Yeah, exactly. Every day, every day, every day. Going in the gym, seeing the lads, going out, getting ready for training. Well, it's it. As I've said there, that's just that takes a little bit out of you every single day, and to go along to the matches, um, again taking a little bit off you every time, wanting to be out there, you know, not not as an injured player, you don't want the team to do well, but but really, like to see a club be so successful, yeah, when you part of it is horrendous. Like, and it isn't. It was never, you know. Obviously, I have to live with myself. But, and it's not about me. If it, you know, I was I was happy when I look back. I'm so glad for the supporters that they had them that they had them times. But for a player to be involved in it and being around it, it was it was hard. It was like mentally hard. Yeah. Um, I remember the Carling Cup final being. I mean, what a special day for all the Middlesbrough fans. The first time that they'd won anything. I mean, I I went along there as a supporter. Really, I was up in the stands like any other supporter. The club yeah. did a ticket with the supporters. I ended up travelling with the supporters. I ended up going for a meal with the supporters before the game. Like, like I watch cup finals now and I see every single player, you know, injured or not, down on the pitch or... Celebrating with the trophies. And... Celebrating with the trophy or... Thing. I had to be clapping and applauding the, 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 the guys from the, from the stand. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that people think, oh, dums or whatever, but, like, that's, that's hard. That, I'm yeah, sorry. That's it, hard. Yeah, very tough. Mentally, mentally tough. And... Like I say, just, you know, they got to the FA Cup semi-final. They got to the UEFA Cup final. And I just I just played no part of anything. And what were the, yeah. cel- the celebrations like? As obviously you were saying, I can imagine you struggled to enjoy it, really. I did. I did. I, I, I couldn't. Because where I was at mentally, I couldn't go along to the celebrations of the Carling Cup. They had a, I don't know if it was at Tall Trees or something. They had, they had, a, they had, a, they had a gig going on after the... After the um, 
after the final, they arranged uh, uh, like a, a, a dinner and stuff. And I just yeah. mentally, I just could not go. I said to them, I said, I just, I can't go. I said, I've, I've gone along there as a supporter, not felt one part of, 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 of being a player or being a club or being part of anything. And now, now you're asking me to go along and celebrate when I've felt not a part of it. I said, I just can't do, I cannot pull myself to do that. I think I was quite emotional with it as well, because it was just at that stage, like I'd missed so much. And it was... Had you not scored that goal against Brighton, though, who knows where we would have gone? Well, yeah, I mean, the club, I mean, in all fairness, the club apologised to me. They said, look, you know, this is the you know the first time this this club and this set of managers and players and coaches have been part of a final. So we are going to make mistakes. You know, yes, in hindsight, we all should have gone along. We all should have been part of it. You know, you know, not saying that if, if we had the result would have been different. It would just it would have just been nice to 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 be a part of the celebrations of of, of lifting that trophy because as, as you've said there, like I scored in you know, there, I'm sure there was players there who who hadn't really even gone on the pitch. Um, you know, substitutes or whatever who had played no part in it. You know, considering I had um, I had scored in an earlier round and the winning goal, part of the journey to to not be part of anything to do with with that final was which well it stuck in my throat. And as you can say, as you can hear now with me talking about it, you know, it it, it, it did it did it affected me and probably still affects me to this day. But um, you know, like I say, for the for the supporters and looking back. Of course, it's, it's it's an amazing time, but but for me, coming in and out of, of of a season, coming back for a couple of games, breaking down with another serious injury, like it 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 drained me to the point of of like like when I left Middlesbrough, I knew I wasn't going to get another contract because because of my time there and and stuff, and then I, I couldn't get a an all fair, I couldn't get a contract when I left. You got, you got into Europe off the back of that um, yeah. final. You did manage to make an appearance on Banik Ostrava. Yeah. Uh, can you remember anything from that night? Um, well, it was just nice to be part of, 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 of a different sort of journey, wasn't it? A different experience. I'm sure the fans the fans would say that as well, you know. Going along to these, you know, out to these, you know, different countries. And so some of I've experienced with England, with the under-21s, but to do it as part of the club was great. Um, and we had such an amazing journey and things like that. And and again, box ticks. You think, well, you know, when you sort of look back at your career, yeah, did, did, you, did, I, did I play in Europe? Yeah, I did. I, I came on for a fleeting substitute appearance, but uh, <laughs> at least at least I did. I did that. I know. You know, it wasn't until the next season, was it? You know that that season. I think we got to the quarterfinals yeah. that season, and then we qualified. You know, through Europe, and it was the next season that. That we had the the amazing run of of getting to the the final, but again, I missed I missed all of it. You know, I, I missed every single every single round, and you know, I'll never forget that that you know the the Basel and the Stalbuk yeah, come back was special. Don't get me wrong, I was there. I was cheer, you know, the, it, it was you know the, of matches of live matches that I've been to watch. You know, probably them them two going along because at that time mentally I was a supporter. I wasn't a player. I was yeah. a supporter really. I was just there, out there supporting the lads, and and that they were fantastic, unbelievable. I know it was the anniversary of, I think, was it the Stour Bucharest? Yeah. You know, just watching that back, and you know, reading some of the comments, and people say it was like goosebumps, and you know, hair yeah, old. You can just watch it all the time. I mean, it's it, it, it's it, it's fantastic, and obviously, yes, you know, when I look back, I wish it was me coming in with that header at the far post. Yeah. That, 
Massimo ended up to, of course, but you know, it, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant time for any supporter of, of the club, and and it, it was good experience for me. It would only have been good experience for me had I have when I left Middlesbrough gone on to achieve something when yeah. I left Middlesbrough and used the experience, albeit the positive experience that I had around being around a successful club at the time. Had I been able to sort of turn that into my own career, um, that would have helped me. But it didn't because my career, when I left Middlesbrough, just went to basically almost to rack and ruin, really. Just going back to that UEFA Cup, uh, what was the mood like around the place in the week leading up to the final? Obviously, you weren't uh, involved in in it all, but just yeah, being I, the lads. Long, I just missed out. I was coming back from injury at the time, so I just missed out of... I knew it, what I wasn't going to be on the bench, but I was part of the travelling squad. So I think, again, they'd probably learnt the lesson of, of what happened to me in the Carling Cup experience. I think they'd probably thought, right, just bring him along. <laughs> bring him along <laughs> so he doesn't have a moan up and a meltdown when... Uh, when uh, <laughs> so I went along there. I knew I wasn't going to be on the bench, so um, so I went part of the travelling travelling team. But it was just I don't think as a club or, or as players that we we realise the enormity of it. Yeah, we don't. I, I don't. I don't think we we do. I, I, we just. I think we just went because it was there's so many games. There were so many games, and they were just coming thick and fast that we were just bouncing from from one week to the next to the next. And I think we probably got in that. Cup final, and we did. I suppose we did. When I look back, we didn't have the build-up to it being as big as it actually was. I think we just went along there, and like we were sort of happy to be there. That's what was almost like what it felt like. Yeah. Happy to be there, and and of what had happened in previous rounds. That that you know what it doesn't matter what we do, we're going to get a result. And I think don't get, that, that's probably the, in some respects where we were at as a as a club. That's probably the right mentality to have. But I suppose if we had it again. I think we would have probably just made it seem like how enormous it was, really. Because I mean, can you imagine that if we'd have won won um, the UEFA Cup, like Middlesbrough winning the European Trophy, just like? And I think probably when I look back, that was the only thing that 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 stuck out for me was was I didn't realise the enormity. And, and after the game, I remember Steve Gibson coming into the changing room after the game and and, and him being really, even though we'd got beat, yeah, beat beat heavily. He was so proud that we'd we'd got there. We were proud as as a, as a club that we we'd got there, and he was very positive in the change of right. This is going to be the start of something, you know. We're we're going to push on from here, and we're going to you know this this and this, and you know we're, we're going to push on heavily. And Steve, Steve left it. Yeah, he got went on to the England job, didn't he? Gareth was a Gareth over. So you know things changed, didn't they? It wasn't like you know it was going to be the same, and we were going to evolve having the same structure. It changed with with manager, didn't it? So, well, uh, well, and with Gareth Southgate as well, having been teammates for a while, for him and then be made manager. Yeah. What was the transition like? Uh, well, well, I think Gareth struggled with it. I think it'll be it'll be first to say. I think we all as players struggled with it as well. Um, Gareth was such a um, respected, um, good, one of the best professionals I've ever I've ever played played with or had the pleasure of playing with. Such a good guy. Um, and you know he used to like a laugh and a joke as well. So he'd be, you know, he'd be around, he'd be around you that way as well. Yeah. And to sort of, it wasn't his fault. I mean, you know, he he was he was thrust into that position, and he was never gonna, he was never gonna decline that that to to do that. But for us as players, it was strange. It was it was it didn't feel quite 
to have him up in front of us, sort of pointing the finger and 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 telling us what to do. He was our captain, but he was one of us as well yeah. as a captain. Whereas Gareth, I think, found it, it difficult to detach himself away from Gareth the player to Gareth the manager. And I know he wasn't taking the coaching um, side of things either. So he wasn't doing coaching. He, yeah. was, he was watching. So again, we were thinking, well, what he sort of, he's detached himself, but we're not really seeing what he's about. And because I spent a lot of the time not in the team, I, I questioned whether he was making the decisions or the decisions were being made for him and he was going along with it. Yeah. He didn't really want to make a decision. And it just didn't. It just didn't work out for him. Um, it didn't work out for me that season either because I couldn't get myself into the team. I was injured for the first half of it. Give you I, that uh, start at Villa Park, was yeah, it? Yeah, he did. I, I, he gave me a start there. I, I scored, and we, we ended up drawing. So that yeah, was. Great. I watched it back the other day. You, yeah, it was great. When you scored, you took the look of relief. Yeah, well, you saw that. You saw that not just with me, but the players. I mean. You know, I suppose if you'd speak to any player of that era who was around me at the time, I mean, you know, I, I lived through a night, but I suppose for other people to see me going through that period, you know, but then to see me get out back out there on the pitch after so many times not being there, you know, everyone was so thrilled for me and so happy for me. Yeah. But I just, I just couldn't work my way into the team. I, I went to see Gareth and I said, I'm coming to the end of my contract here. I need to get out and play football. I need to... I need somebody to like see that I'm not injured anymore. And he said, I will get, he said to me, I went, I went to see him. He said, I will give you the opportunity here. There's loads of games. You'll get your opportunity to play. I need you around the club. Um, there's games over Christmas in the new year. Um, and I think I played, I play, I don't think I started a game. I, I played a few minutes here and there. I remember coming on the, off the bench against Arsenal. We had me warming up for the whole of the second half and I came on the pitch, I ran on, the ball got thrown on and the full-time whistle went. Jesus, man. And I remember thinking, I went to see him after that because I thought, like... What was the you, point? You had me warming up the whole... And again, like, I'm not going to... He's a manager, so, like, he makes the decisions. But, like, for me, how am I going to affect a game? Like, if I'm running on the pitch and the full-time whistle's going... And yeah. we were as well at the time. So we needed, we needed like, a goal. And I was thinking, right, get me on, and I'll and I'll, I'll try and do everything I can to score. So, and he, you know, Gareth said to me, "Look, I'm sorry, you know, I'm going to make mistakes and this, that, and the other." And I just, I don't think he filled himself with confidence. He didn't fill me with confidence. And you know, even though I think a know, lot of the, the way you've heard people telling stories, I think a lot of the lads struggled with sort hmm. of coming to terms with him going straight in as manager from from a player. Yeah. So I, I, you know, we 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 obviously had a not the best, um, not the best season that that year. Um, I left. Um, did, he, did he have a sit down with you and have the chat that we weren't going to have to renew the contract? It was very very straightforward conversation. He called me into the office um, and said he wasn't going to renew my contract. I knew, I knew that that was coming. I was just waiting for the time where he called me in. Um, and I was a little bit dis. Well, the thing I was disappointed was not that my contract wasn't going to renew. Was I? I was then left in a position where. I knew when I left Middlesbrough there that I would struggle to find a club because people would just assume that I was still injured. Yeah. And that was exactly what happened. Like, oh, what? You're still injured, aren't you? 
no one at that stage when I left Middlesbrough was going to offer me a contract. You went on, was it, you gone on trial with Hull? Yeah, I went on trial with Hull, but that was just like a disaster. That was, that was like, that was a horrible, horrible, wow, it was awful. I mean, Phil, Phil, Phil Brown, I, I trained, you know, when you go in there and you try to win a contract, you, you try to impress people. Yeah. I trained with the youth team the whole time I was there. What? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you know, when you sort of, when you hear of these stories of these players that, 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 that sort of uh, are at clubs and then they can't get in the first team and then they train with the youth team, always yeah. like punishment. I went in there and I didn't train with the first team once. Was so, Phil Brown the one who wanted you to come in and... Uh, well, that, you see, that... I know my agent at the time was looking for a club. Now, whether it was more the agent saying, oh, can you come along? Or whether it was... I mean, I, don't, I was quite happy at that stage because I'd left Middlesbrough and there was a number of months between me leaving Middlesbrough and me finding a club. So I was like, by that stage, I was like, it could have been Atkinson Stanley. It could have been anybody. Yeah. You know, I was quite happy to go along there. So I don't know whether there was a negotiation with another player and my name got thrown in the mix or can he come along? But... Straight away, I mean, I'd, I'd come mentally. I was just ready to there to, to step in and try and like resurrect myself again. But straight away, I'd gone to Hull, which you know, a couple of moves that summer to Stoke City and Bristol City had fell through. Um, I'd gone to Hull and I was training with a youth team, and I just was like, I can't get my head around this. Like, I said, like you know, you can imagine where I'm coming from. Yeah, definitely. So, what's happened to me? Like, I ended up playing a reserve game. I scored a couple of goals, but I got a dead leg. I got a dead leg in the game. And, like, I couldn't train for, like, about a week afterwards. So, so during that, obviously, I was at Hull. I couldn't train. I was driving over to Hull, basically, to, to physio to look at me, to go, all right, yes, you've still got a dead leg. And I was driving back. So, I was doing three-hour round trips for, like, for nothing. And I remember one instance which sticks in my head, which is quite comical, they, they they rang me up and said, right, you're training down at the stadium at the KC is it KC Stadium? Yeah. You're there. So I went down to the KC Stadium, and they looked at me like I had two heads. I was like, yeah, someone's rang me. I've got I've come down here to train. Well, we haven't got any kit for you. Wow. I went sorry. He went no. I said you said we've I've brought all the kit from the train from the training ground, and I've only brought the kit for the players. I I haven't. I, no one told me that you were coming down here. Jesus Christ. So, so I was like. So, so I said, what am I going to, I haven't got, so it was like, I'm just saying the story. That was like, that it was like, so I've been told to come here. No, so the track, and I haven't got any kit. No. And the, the training ground from the Hall's ground was nowhere near it. It wasn't like it was two minutes away. It was like 25 minute drive. So I remember getting, it's I remember, bad you got to laugh really. I remember getting in the car and ringing my agent. I said, what's going on here? Like I'm training with the youth team. Like he doesn't want me around. I've been told to come down here and train and I ain't got a kit so I just drove home and I just like I just I, that was it like I, 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 I wasn't going to go again yeah. so I think Hall put some out saying oh yes we're not going to offer him a uh, for him a contract but it was never it was never like yeah yeah you know what I mean it wasn't like close to to, to happening and things like that so did Burton then offer you a contract well Burton I, I then again where do you go right okay so the football world seen me leave Middlesbrough as an injured player, I've yeah. then gone to Hull. Uh, people don't know that I've had a horrible experience there. And it's been like horrendous, and and like Hull have not offered me a contract. Like 
then what? You know, Hull, Hull are not the flavour of the month, although Hull ended up getting promoted that season. So obviously Phil Brown, for whatever reason, got that right that season. And Stoke City that I didn't join, they ended up getting promoted that season as well. So the two clubs that I could have signed for ended up getting promoted in the Premier yeah. Like Again, mentally for me, when I'm thinking of two clubs I could have signed for, then they get promoted. It's like that that then has an adverse effect on you. But then I went to I went to Leeds United. Uh, Dennis Wise uh, instigated me to go there. So it wasn't like my agent or whatever had said, oh, can you come along? It was more, right, come along. And it felt good at Leeds when I went there. I remember driving into to Leeds United for my first day. The phone rang. It was uh, Nigel Clough. Nigel said, oh, would you like to come and train with us? Um, this was obviously with Burton Albion. But I said, I said, Nigel, I said, I'm, I'm literally, you won't believe this, I'm on the, on the drive, driving into Leeds United. He was like, obviously, Leeds was a much bigger club than Burton. Yeah. He said, right, OK, no problem. If anything, you know, changes there or doesn't happen for you, um, you know, we'll, uh, we, you know, let, bear us in mind and give us a call. So, obviously, I went to Leeds United and, and it was brilliant. I really, I, I enjoyed it. The lads were great. Um, Dennis Wise was the manager. Gus Poye was the assistant manager. And Dennis, like, obviously, I played against Dennis when I was at Derby, when he was at Chelsea. So, you know, he, he, he knew what I was about and wanted to give me a chance and and could see, you know, I suppose as a player, he'd been there, seen it, done it and wanted, wanted to, to give me an opportunity. And um, the, the problem that I had is obviously I, I, I played, I trained, I was doing really well. It was at slightly lower level. So I found my feet a little bit better. Um, and then I fractured my back in training. Um, when I was due to sign my contract on the afternoon, Jesus, how did that? How did that happen? Well, we had a I'd negotiated my contract, which was going to be a pay as you play deal, so which was fine with me because, as I've said, where the position I was out in my, uh, yeah. my career at the time, there wasn't a lot else, so that was like that was fine. Um, reserve team match was due to be on the evening, so sign my contract on the afternoon, play in the evening. We're in for training, a little bit of uh, light stuff. He says light stuff. He, as he says that, he broke his back when he was doing it. Um, <laughs> so we did a little bit of light crossing and finishing. Remember, the ball got played slightly to my left-hand side, but slightly behind me. So I tried to get a shot on, but just twisted awkwardly. I didn't know at the time, but I just I tried to, tried to get a good connection on the ball, but just twisted funny. I ended up sort of falling over. And then when I tried to get back up, I was like, oh, my God, someone's gone in my back. I thought it was like a muscle, you know what I mean? Just sort of yeah, pulled yeah. back. Just I couldn't, I couldn't sort of get up without it going me a whole back going into spasm. So I just tried to get off the training pitch. Thought, I thought I've done some, done some bad here. I remember trying to push the door open um, at the Leeds United training ground to get in, and as soon as I tried to push the door, my whole back again went into spasm. I thought, oh my god, summits. I couldn't, so I couldn't even. I was like knocking on the door. I couldn't open the door. Yeah. So I just thinking, oh my god, what have I done here? And Dennis, Dennis Wise was like, oh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll have a look at it. And I just think, I remember thinking how much I like disappointed because obviously he, he was there. It was like within a few hours was going to give me my chance. And I just felt so low and so like just thinking, please don't it be anything serious. And I went up to, to you know, get it, get it looked at, get it scanned. And I'd fractured one of my vertebrae in my lower spine. And, and yeah, it was just horrific, horrific time. And you know, without a contract, having a broken back. And, you know, I talk about all this. I mean, I'm so proud that, that I came back from that. Yeah. I mean, God, I mean, I, I, it took me a year. It took me a year to get rehabbed 
you know, I spent, I went along to Thorpe Arch, Leeds United's training ground every single day. Um, the physio there, Harvey was brilliant. Um, I worked on so much core stability work and, and, you know, the difficulty I had, the managers changed, but Gary McAllister had taken over by this point. So Gary was, was again, very similar to Dennis, you know, he's a footballing man. So he, he wanted to give me a chance and saw, you know, who wouldn't, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, some of the experiences and some of the times that I've been through, you know, I used their training facilities to get myself right. And and when I was when I got to myself my level, when my back was was feeling strong enough, I just they said, look, would you like to join in training? So I did. Um, and that Leeds United team was was a good team. They had Becky O up front, uh, Jermaine Beckford. But I, but I'll be honest with you, um, I was I didn't feel like the same player. Yeah. Like by this stage. Physically, I was not the same player. I wasn't as quick as I was. I wasn't as sharp as I was. Um, mentally, I wasn't the same player. I was pulling off short, you know, getting the ball rather than me spinning behind. And I just think, yes, my game would have had to adapt as you do as you get older. But the only thing that I ever knew as a footballer was was pace, was quickness, was getting on the end of things, was beating, beating people. And I just, I just didn't feel like I was the same player as that. And And by that, by that stage, um, Gary McAllister got sacked. So even though I was around the club on a pay-as-you-play deal, you know, the manager who had given me that opportunity to do that had suddenly got sacked and suddenly left. So Simon Grayson came in and straight away, I was like, hmm. I just felt like, you know, it's hard to explain yeah. that I wasn't his, I wasn't his signing. He wanted to come in and make his own impression. And even though I had I had a pay-as-you-play contract, straight away I was thinking, mm, I don't think he fancies me as a player here, or he would rather him bring his own people in. And I was around the club for for another couple of months. Um, I played in a couple of games. I scored for Leeds against Stockport. It was my last goal that I ever scored professionally. So, you know, I played in the next game. But then the the, the cutting point with, with, with me is when I stopped, um, I was uh, we, we were playing against... Um, I can't remember who it was, but um, I'd gone to the game and uh, Simon Grayson was, I was in the corridor at Ellen Road and I was standing about waiting for the team to get announced in the changing rooms. So we went into the changing rooms, team gets announced, I'm not even on the bench. Okay, now bear in mind, I, I'm only getting paid if I play. So I've just spent the last week training for no reason and not getting paid. Yeah. I then come out of the changing rooms, stand in the corridors and I hear Simon Grayson saying, I don't, I don't, I don't care if this lad's on a page you play. If I don't want to play him, I'm not going to play him. Well. And like, I, I was stood on the adjacent corridor. He didn't know I was there. And it, to this day, he probably doesn't know that I heard him. But I heard him say that. And I was like, that was it. <laughs> like, like, to be honest, I got in the car. I got in the car and left. Like, because... That was it. That was like, you know, I'd heard that. And that yeah, was nice to hear coming back from that, was there? So um, I went home and within a couple of days, um, I'd gone to pick my son up um, off the floor and my back went into spasm again. And like medical advice was to retire. Was it, was both. it was a bit of both medical advice. By this by this stage, as I've, I've taught there, I, I was gone. I was mentally yeah. gone. Um, and I was like content, um, sad to see really, sad to say really, because when I look back, I wish maybe I'd have been a bit stronger mentally. I wish maybe I've had different people around me at the time 
to 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 sort of keep me keep me going. But for whatever reason, I decided that that, that was me done. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, struggle for a while after that? Yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. I, I struggled. I struggled massively because, as 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 I've said there, for me, my 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 career was a tale of two halves. Was 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 such was building up to be somebody that then all of a sudden just get knocked flat on my face. And I had so many good times at Derby, but so many negatives at Middlesbrough yeah. leading to, to, to sort of the crescendo of the end of my career, which was just a disaster. So I was, I was relieved. And when I got away from football, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to know football, to be honest. I couldn't watch it. You know, I'd spent, I'd spent the previous four years just watching games and I just felt to myself, I just couldn't watch it. I needed to be away from football, away from, from everything. I took stock for a few months, but then realised that I needed to do something with myself. Um, As we, we touched on that earlier, you went on to be um, a car salesman. Yeah, well, I, I, I start, I, I, my original plan was to be a coach. Um, I, I contacted the PFA and I said, I want to be, you know, I want to be a coach because I didn't think that there could be anything else that I could turn myself to because I'd done football for the previous 10 years. However, when I went along to my first session with, um, it was with Darlington youth team, um, when I get handed a, a big um, folder, which is basically how to kick a book football. <laughs> yeah. When you sat down with a load of youth team players at Darlington at a table, getting handed a folder like that, straight away, I just wasn't ready to do that. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. For whatever reason, I just couldn't do it. So... Um, I just took stock again for 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 a number for a period of time, and just wanted to do something away from football, totally away from football, and ended up in the motor industry for whatever for whatever reason. I don't even know why, how, I don't know. I just. Were you interested in that in that when you were playing? I, I just thought I, I, I quite. I thought to myself, what what could I put my hand at? I can, I'm, I'm pretty good with people. I'm pretty good talking to people. Um, I like cars. And I didn't know the motor industry. I didn't know what it took to be a, a, a sales executive or whatever like that. But I thought, well, you know, I've, I've, I've worked or I've got qualifications in business. You know, I'm, I'm switched on enough. You know, I've got a brain going on where I can maybe pull myself into something. And I just I, I just got the opportunity to get into the motor industry that way. And then the thing, the, pro, the problem that I found is once I got onto that, you know, it's like jumping onto a train, isn't it? Which which hasn't no stops. You or you feel hasn't got any stops. You're sort of on it. My friend actually bought a car off here as well. Yeah. Well, that's the, the thing is that obviously people were coming in to see me and go, "What are you do? like? <laughs> what are you like?" It was and it was it was like strange because people who recognised me wanted to talk about football and and at that stage of my life, you know, it was sad because I didn't want to talk about football. Yeah. You know, football for me was was a distant memory. It's, I'm so pleased that that now, you know, fast forward, you know, 10 to 12 years on that I actually can talk about it now and, and can talk about my story because for a number of years, I couldn't. I couldn't face I, I didn't even want to. It felt like it was somebody else that actually did what I did. And it was like two different people. Um, I sort of had to spend a number of years out of football to realise what it meant to me and what what it does mean to me. Yeah. Football for me from the age of six up until 29, so for, for 23 years, was everything. Yeah, you've now went on to start Christie Coaching. Yeah. How long was that in the works for? Um, well, I think the more, the, 
to be honest with you, the more that I worked in the motor industry, the more that I, I disliked it, the more that I wanted to do something for myself and the more that, that I wanted to get back into football. My son started to get into a football team. So just being around that, being around, yeah. going to training, standing at the side. like, And I remember thinking, like, I just, like, I wanted to take the session. You know what I mean? I just, I, like, wanted to get out there yeah. and, like, kick the ball with him and, and things like that. And and that just gave me the little bit of the bug back that I think I needed. And I think that's where the, the light switch for me was turned. And, you know, going through and, and the more that I was, the more that I was going into work, I, I wasn't enjoying it. I was getting up and, you know, I got to the stage where, you know, the job I wasn't enjoying, the people that I was working with, I wasn't enjoying working with, with certain people at certain, certain jobs. And I just thought to myself, this is the time, you know, this is the time to, to get myself out and, and, and go off. And, and I spoke to my wife and we'd, we'd said about doing something for myself and, you know, what I'm passionate about, which, which is football um, and what I think I could, I could do with myself. And, and I, I left the motor industry late in 2019 with the, the hope that, that within a few months that I could set myself up and, yeah. and, and, and get myself going again. And, you know, as it happened for a lot of people, the, the, you know, the coronavirus hit and, um, you know, put my plans and all my aspirations on, on, on doing things on hold. Yeah. But the opportunity to take stock really and, and look at what I, what I could do and the, the avenues that I could explore with it. And, you know, obviously with Christy coaching, I've, I've set up, uh, uh, you know, up here in Teesside where I can, I can get back involved in, in youth football and, and, and kids can come to me and, and learn a little bit of the, the, the skills and the, the sessions and the, the you know the knowledge that I've gained and, and and have seen you know I've been in and around with a lot of managers a lot of coaches good yeah. and bad and and design my sessions all around um attacking play so you know I'm the, you know I'm, there's no point in me getting you know a team of defenders around and, and, and teaching them how to defend because I, I from six years old was a, was a forward player yeah. and a striker so my sessions all are involved around that so if, if kids want to come along and get involved in extra sessions you know, to learn a little bit more about how to, to become a forward player. And, and kids, when they come to me, will be will become a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger, a little bit sharper. And as well, you know, I talk a lot during my sessions as well. So it's not like, right, we're doing this, go and do that. Yeah. I, I talk about the mentality of what it takes to get to the top as well. So, you know, whether these, these kids that come to me ever, you know, it's, you know the, the chances of them getting to the top are very slim. I know that. But what I would like them to know is or when they finish with me or when they have the sessions with me, they take something away from it of what it is like to be a top player. Um, so that that's important to me as well. For people who are listening, um, what age does it range from? Where the where the sessions based? So so I, I do it from six years on um, up to any age really. My sessions um, are on a Friday night at Sedgefield Community College on a Thursday night at. Um, at Cader FC in Acklam. So they're my normal group sessions. Um, plus I do, um, or oh, I've got quite a lot of one-to-ones booked in. Yeah. So if, um, if a parent or whatever just wants a bit of real specific stuff with myself, um, I do that. And then I also do, uh, where established clubs um, can get me in for a session to, to coach their existing team. So um, I'm, I'm offering sort of three different areas there for, for for kids to or parents to, to come on board with the journey 
Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm just building it up as steadily as I can. Um, you know, the, the the master plan might be in a few years to get back into the professional game. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. And now you've um, done that, do you have any plans really to go back into the game? No, I don't. I mean, like I said, my, my journey, you know, when I was in youth football, you know, everything seemed so far away and never seemed believable that that, that some things could happen in my life. But but like I say, if you, I think if you're determined enough at something. Um, you set your mind at it, then you never say never with stuff. And, you know, I see a lot of my, you know, the players that I've played and trained and, and you know, shared dressing rooms with, you know, going on to achieve great things in football. You know, I, sometimes I suppose I look back and had I been a bit more mentally um, tougher, you know, when I retired from football, could I have been, you know, a player now that's a manager of a team or a top coach? You know, you got obviously Woody, you know, is a, Bournemouth doing great things. Gareth, the, the England manager, for goodness sake. So, you know, there, there's lots of players that now, you know, you look at the benches and you think, oh, there's, there's so-and-so used to play with him. And, uh, you know, all around for me, time at Derby, Leeds and, and Middlesbrough. So, yes, in some respects, probably I've missed the boat really to, to, to sort of do that. But, but what I would like to do is obviously just achieve everything that I can achieve with regards to my own coaching. And then as I progress up with my badges with the FA, um, if the opportunity, you know, comes to to sort of potentially get back into the professional game, and me be able to to offer, you know, the the kids, you know, whether it be at youth level um, or, or up to first team level, the opportunity to me to 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 help out anything, then yeah, of course, I, I'm open to anything. Just just as long as it's football related, I'm <laughs> open to uh, to anything that comes my way. Just before we move on to some fair fans questions, I've got one. I've got a little one for you. If you could pick a five-a-side team of all the players you've played with at Middlesbrough, hmm. at Middlesbrough who yeah. would you go with? You can you can pick yourself. Well, I definitely wouldn't pick myself. <laughs> the fans would be gutted if they heard I'd picked a five-a-side team, including myself. Um, my five-a-side team, it would be obviously um, Schwartz would be Mark Schwartz would be yeah. in goal. Um, I would probably, ooh, I would probably play. I would definitely have. Um, Southgate and Ekiog. Yeah. Rest his, God rest his soul, Hugo. Tremendous, tremendous professional. Um, I would have, yeah, Southgate and Ekiog. Then it, I think I'd probably go, who would I go up front? Now, during my time, obviously there was Massimo. Um, Jimmy Floyd. Jimmy Floyd, Mark. I'd probably go. I'd go. Well, I'd have Janino in there. Just yeah, you've got to have the little fella in there. The fan would be gutted if he wasn't in there. <laughs> or would I go Southgate and Ekiog? Would I go with them both? I'd have Janino in there. I'd have Mark. I'd have Mark Viduka up yeah. front. Um, and then I'd probably go. I know he wasn't in his prime when he come to me. Would have Mendieta in there. Would have Mendieta in the midfield. Um, God, is this a fiver side? <laughs> seven aside. Yeah, go seven aside if you want. I don't know. Uh, but I'd have, I'd have Swartz, I'd have Southgate at the back. We'd have, we'd have a, we'd probably have a prime Mendieta in there. Yeah. I loved, I loved George Botang. Yeah, I, he was quality as a as a player, as a person as well. He was a great guy. Um, and and Janine, so Swartz, Southgate, um, Mendieta, Janino, and Viduka. Yeah, that's some that takes some beating that team. But then, 
on the periphery, there'd obviously be Jimmy Floyd. He was like a hero for me growing up. And the, the, the issue that I, I always have when I look back, I just wish I just wish I could have played with Mark Viduka and Jimmy yeah. Floyd. But, you know, that's that's just... We, we had two great centre-forwards there that, that I looked from the sidelines and, and like, learnt a lot off, as in watched, but didn't actually get the opportunity to... Yeah. Um, to perform with them um but uh, yeah we we, we we were blessed weren't we at the time you know when when you look back of you know like Bolo Zenden like he came in and, and like people would just question him and then he ended up becoming a decent player didn't he and things like that yeah he's yeah so we've got a few fan questions now yeah. Sean Langshaw I think we've touched on it a bit but how do you find the transition from football life to normal life as I know a lot of players struggle yeah well yeah I've touched on it there it's strange because when, when I retire from football, then almost I'm stuck with that that tag and that label of Malcolm Christie, the footballer. Yeah. Okay? Everybody who sees me or knows me or recognises me just sees me as that. And that's one I've touched on. When I got into the motor industry, people are like, what are you doing? This? Why are you doing this? What, what you know, people can't suddenly couldn't get their head around that, that, like, actually, like, football was just an occupation and a job and wasn't actually... I've never wanted it to define me as a person, but and that's why I I felt like I had to sort of when I left football that I, I I'd sort of just got to almost let the dust settle, <clears throat> and and you know I I never announced that I was retiring. You know there wasn't like a yeah. big I, th- I never expected there to be like this big oh Sky Sports breaking news Malcolm Christie retires from football. You know I never expected so I fa- I found it very very difficult detaching myself away from 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 me as a footballer. And what that obviously as well, the bubble of what you're in when you're a footballer and what that represented as a person, because it is a bubble and it's not real life. It's not reality. You, you, you know, you're living in, you know, big houses, you, you've got nice cars and things. And then suddenly when that's not there, you know, the reality of, of, of it, of, of moving on with your life without that all surrounding you, of course, of course it's different. It's, it's like, it's, it's massively different. And you, you, you've got to try and acclimatise yourself um to that situation and and i think people around me at the time as well only knew me only knew me the people and i'm talking about the people closest to me only knew me as being malcolm christie the footballer yeah so when it was malcolm christie the normal person like people just like it was different for them it was different for everybody And, and obviously you know things break down things you know for whatever reason do you know rightly or wrongly break down and and you, you move on with your your life in a different direction and that's what that's what happened with me and you just you look for some peace and, and calmness in your life and and I never really found that you know um it was only really at sort of five sort of four or five years into the motor industry my personal life um took, took a turn for the better and that sort of steered me on to to sort of different decisions and different ways in my life and you know has led me really to where I am now so yeah. I think sometimes you know the baggage has to be left and dropped and then you have to find something new in your life and that's that's what happened with myself yeah. and I'm glad it did. Uh, yeah we've got another one from Aaron Davison um, did you ever feel like calling it a day yourself during any of them rehabs before you actually retired? Um, not Not really I mean I just I had a contract didn't I so I was earning good money so like yeah well, where was why? Why would I walk away when I'm not? All I'm doing is going in, spending a couple of hours in the treatment room, and like 
like you know i was but i was getting i was getting well paid as well for it so there, there'll be no real reason but the lasting effect that had on me mentally you know putting putting the money aside as well to put the money aside the mental effect that that had on me it just took its toll over a, over a period of time and i never really i never really recovered from that and and and, and, I, and I didn't and um you know there wasn't really time i mean I used to come back from every injury, as you probably know. I came back from every yeah. injury. I played a couple of games. So there was always light at the end of the tunnel. It was always there. It was just when I, when I played, I'd break down with something else. Like I remember um, when I come back from a, from a leg, from a broken leg, I remember running about on the pitch at, um, at the Riverside. I, I came on a sub at Blackburn Rovers. I remember chasing Brad Friedel down in goal and running up to him and pushing off, uh, chasing down a, a long ball. Uh, he kicked it past me and I pushed off on my left foot to turn the other way. And I, I remember something went in my foot and I like broke my foot. So like, unfortunate. Like, I broke my so foot unlucky. for a ball. But I mean, like that, and it's just like, you're back, you're just back to square one. But like I say, it was just, I don't know, because I'd never been injured before. It was almost like a novelty to start with. Oh, I'm injured. All right, well, okay, I've not experienced that. So that's part of the journey. Malcolm Christie, the, the injured footballer, there's part of your journey. So I don't know, it's just, yes, every injury affects you, but it only really affected me to the extent of when I was without a contract, without a club, without anybody giving yeah. me... That, that, was, that was when it had the, the lasting effect on me, when I couldn't wait to get out. Yeah, on a bit of a brighten up, we've got... Uh, who was from Robbie Scotchbrook? Who was the toughest defender you came up against in your career? Um, the toughest defender would be either Tony Adams... Um, came up against him a couple of times for Arsenal. John Terry was was I played in for Derby in the first time he ever played for Chelsea. It was like his debut. Yeah, and I remember thinking, oh, this is good. I got a young, young lad here playing again. <laughs> I remember thinking, John, I'd heard of him sort of because I know he was on the periphery. And I remember playing against him. I thought he's going to be some player, and obviously he was. But I, you know, so experiencing him in the Rio Ferdinand was again a good defender to play against. Quick, he used to read the game very well as well. Yeah. He would never play against him, obviously for Manu and for Leeds. But again, when you'd think you'd you'd sort of got the ball and protected it, he had he had he had long legs, didn't he? So he'd sort of, sort yeah. of get the leg his leg round and sort of nick the ball away from you before you'd even had a chance to control it. So I would say that them three players um, were 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 were, sort of, were three of the toughest players that I played against. Not to, not a bad three to be fair. There. No. Uh, yeah, that's it really. Yeah, do you plan on going back home to back to Stamford, but uh, Malcolm is in North East, your home now. Well, North East is my home. Uh, my wife's from the area. Um, we have a have a child together, uh, little Leo, who's three years old. So, um, I've I've made Teesside my home since I uh, I came up here in two thousand and three. So, you know, in a couple of years, a couple of years time, you know, it's, it's coming up to to twenty years of being of being up here. Um, yes, my roots are, are elsewhere. My parents are still from. Yeah from the area in Lincolnshire. You never say never with, with life, do you? You know, you don't no. know where, you know, if I say, you know, I get back into professional football, you know, there might be the opportunity to to, to go with the club and, and, and away we'll go again with that. So who knows? You know, I'm just enjoying where I'm at at this stage of my life because, you know, as, as I've said there and, and as we've gone on for, 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 a, num for a number of minutes there of, of talking about the, the where things have led me to of my life that yeah. I'm glad that I'm on the path I'm on at the minute and and I've I've sort of worked the hard yards to get here really and 
and and and as long as as mentally and, and physically that I'm in a good place, which I am at the moment, um, that's that's what it's all about. Um, when I talk physically as well, I'm I'm due to be on Soccer AM on Saturday. Oh, that's great! So, but buckle in. Uh, <laughs> Christie's making a making a comeback. You'll be up against them uh, in that pro am game. Yeah, so um, you know, fingers crossed that goes well. So again, twice. <laughs> You know, as I've alluded to there, uh, Jack, it's, it's nice that, you know, I, I couldn't face talking about football for a number of years and yeah. and that I've, that I've managed to, to, to get myself to a position where, you know, I can look back and, and people are interested in my story. And as I've said there, you know, the autobiography will go in depth of, of you know, the mentality of, of going from, from working in a supermarket to to score in the winning goal at Old Trafford. Has that been started yet? Or... Yeah, I've, I've, I've started that. So, you know, whether it's whether we can get everything done for, for the end of this year or for summer next year, um, want the story to be told because it's, it's quite unique. It's quite rare. You know, you know, these days you don't you don't see you don't see kids going from non-league to, to the Premier League. Very, very, very rare. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. And I just well, I just think that my story is a little bit novel and yeah. And, some of the some of the funny stories along the way and the the, the anecdotes and things that but I, I think for your for your average football fan who likes to see a, a story but also has as I've said to you there the other side of football as well um, you know I, I think all in all that, that I've got a good story to tell so hopefully that's what will come across in the book brilliant mate thank you very much for coming on it's much appreciated wish you all the best for your future and with your coaching appreciate it Abs- absolute pleasure and, and thank thank you to the the Middlesbrough fans, apologies that obviously I, I, I didn't achieve what I'd like to achieve for you guys, but but all that Brighton was uh, good enough yeah, for, uh, for after I've, us. I've, I've you know, hopefully that you know it wasn't down to my own accord. If I could have been out there, I would have been out there, and I would have, as Middlesbrough fans always say to me, I always give my all. So that that was what I was about, and it was nice to be a little a little part of, of, of a special journey that, that the club had. So I'm, I'm proud and, and pleased that, uh, that, it, that it meant something. Much appreciated, Martin. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Thanks.